to you, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. And to Matt Neely and all of our listeners here on the show, we wish you on Friday a happy Bola Thai Friday. Uh, it's what we dubbed it with our listeners. Matt, good morning to you. Good to be with you. We made it through another week, and uh, uh, your, uh, your bola tie, I'm sure, is present. It is, and happy bola tie <laughs> Friday to you, sir. And uh, we, we did make it through another week, and I have my bola tie, so uh, we are ready for this it. thing. I made an attempt last week uh, to to get my own bullet tie, but I didn't find one south of eleven thousand dollars, and um, this show is not that successful. So I I, I need to uh, I need to redirect where I'm looking for a bullet tie, but I will get one, Matt, uh, for our bullet tie Friday. But it's a it's a full show today. Sometimes our Fridays are with just our listeners. We do a wrap-up show of the week. But we have back-to-back guest conversations today. Uh, It's been a few months since we had Dr. Ravi Gravois-Shaw with us. He sits on the governing board for the Tucson Unified School District, the second largest in the state of Arizona. So we'll welcome him on in in just a second. And then a conversation I've also been looking forward to for quite a while. Uh, My friend Heath Viscovi-Kiorti. Uh, is going to be in studio as well. He is the new director of the Economic Development Department for all of Pima County. So we're going to talk about how does Pima County develop and grow its economy with the uh, with the fresh voice who is leading the effort. I'm really looking forward to that. So let's jump in. Time is ticking. The topics are not short. Uh, Dr. Ravi Gravois Shaw, happy Friday to you. Happy Bolatai Friday to you. Good morning. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, Zach, and good morning to your listeners. It's a wonderful Friday morning, and this is actually the first time in your studio without an actual tie, let alone a bolo tie. I guess you rode my bike to work this or bike here this morning. A beautiful, beautiful March morning here in Tucson. I love it. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's going to get hot soon, so we might as well. advantage of it. Lots to cover with you, uh, Doctor, but I wanted to ask you um, around, let's start with the mask wearing policy and current health protocols. Uh, We saw the CDC a number of weeks ago kind of shift its policy and it influenced local action in in school districts. School districts in Tucson all kind of had their own way of dealing with this. And so I wanted to update, what is TUSD's current uh, policy around any COVID-19 related mitigation. Really important topic. I mean, that's obviously been the crust of what we've been dealing with for exactly two years now Right. right. in our district. Two years ago, spring break was the last time anything felt normal in terms of how we do education. It was two uh, years ago this week. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, we didn't know when my daughter was then in second grade going into spring break, what would happen, what she would be coming back into. You know, I think the CDC uh, corrected some of its messaging mistakes over the holidays. No doubt. Yeah, it, it really it really fumbled uh, the message about mask wearing, about no mitigation strategies <laughs> yes. um, as we were coming into this uh, new year. And we really struggled to figure out how to best, you know, keep our students, staff, and teachers, and everyone in the families to come home to safe, you know, as we were having the Omicron spike in January. Uh, but a few weeks ago, as you mentioned, the CDC re- revamped this messaging, revamped the, the data and statistics that it came out with, and came out with what was called uh, community COVID levels, low, medium, and high. And that's based on transmission rates and also severe transmission rates. Hospitalization rates factored into that. You know, what is a hospital capacity? Because if transmission rates are high, but people aren't getting severely ill and our hospitals are doing fine in terms of capacity, 
then we're at a bad flu season or a bad cold cough season and not a severe season that we need to do something special on mitigation. So they combine different factors together to come up with new levels for every single county um, in the country. And Pima County, when it first went live with these new levels, was at the high level because mm -hmm. of the hospital rates and transmission rates that we had locally. We moved two weeks ago uh, to the medium level um, because rates were coming down and hospital capacity was increasing. And every Thursday is when the CDC updates these numbers. And just looking at with you just a few moments ago, right. we're actually at the low level in Pima County now. So that means transmission rates awesome. and hospitalization rates are at a point where things are safer. Um, and then you know, we're within a few feet of each other on mass for the first time in you know, two years that we've been you know, doing these shows together. And, and that's something that we can do safely uh, because rates are low. And if, if someone was to get infected, uh, then we have the capacity in the hospital and medical infrastructure to support them um, in their health care needs. So I think in TUSD, what we did, uh, we took a novel approach. We didn't say, you know, in past that we're going to be no mask or we're going to require masks or we're, we're going to do this or that, you know, and as a, as a, as a, as a, a blanket, rule, blank, yeah. blanket rule. We took those COVID community levels and came up with criteria for each of those levels. If we're at a high level, we're going to require indoor masks. We're going to require, you know, more mitigation strategies. If we're at a medium level, we won't have indoor masking requirements, and that can be optional recommended for students and staff. If we're at a low level, we can even do assemblies and other bigger events um, with a, a big group of people together at a safer at a safer level without mask wearing required. And so we we gave we we used the CDC requirements. We used the CDC public health guidance um, to determine here's what we feel comfortable with as a governing board uh, for the administration now to implement based on what the levels are. So we hope that the administration every Thursday will look or every Friday morning will look at the levels from the CDC and figure out in the next week, you know, what is the best mitigation mm -hmm. strategy to keep our students, staff and teachers and the families they come home to safe and healthy. Yeah, Dr. Ravi Gravois Shaw, I, when I hear you say that, uh, it makes me feel like there is a sustainable path forward for any strains or variants or anything that pop up. You know, we're starting to look at what's happening in Europe right now. Mm -hmm. uh, Pima County might be medium to high again. What I'm hearing you saying is that there is now a, a policy that can shift and adapt with that while keeping our kids in school, keeping education happening. Uh, is, is that is that is that what you feel like that we've got a way that we can keep our kids in school, keep kids learning, and keep people safe while we're doing it? It wasn't always that way. Well, that was our intention when we when we passed that last week, Zach. Um, I think your listeners are, are really privy to the fact that you know all this has become way too politicized, and our goal was to take it out of the politics, take it off of the governing board, and what we feel like or what you know voices are in our ears on a weekly basis in terms of what's safe or not safe you know the folks who say no mask regardless of how bad the levels are or there's people in our ears saying you know we should have masks for the rest of the year regardless of how safe it is to, to not have masks on and so we want to take the decision out of the politics and just do the public health let the administration have these guidance based on public health criteria and let the administration take it from there so it's not going back to the governing board every single meeting every two weeks that we're not right. spending our time debating the politics of mask wearing, debating the politics of mitigation strategies, and we can just sit back, know that we've supported the right public health measures, and our administration, who we trust to implement this, can then take it from there. Right. Uh, there's a lot I want to talk with you, Dr. Uh, Ravi Gravois-Shaw. Again, if you just joined us, uh, uh, Ravi is on the governing board for the Tucson Unified School District. 
uh, in the second segment, I want to talk about Proposition 208, which is uh, something that has been very much in the news around education funding since last week. But before I go there, I was looking at uh, just this morning what the Arizona Department of Education, how they look at proficiency in math and English for TUSD students on math and English. And these are based on AZ merit scores. And I know this is one data point. Um, and tests aren't everything, but it's a, it's a good metric, I think, to, to evaluate. And uh, grade three math, minimally proficient, so the least proficient grading from the Department of Education uh, is by grade three, 56% of all TUSD students combined uh, are profic- minimally proficient in math. Uh, that actually gets worse by grade 10, 73%. On the English side, that grade three number is 67% are minimally proficient in English. That on, that actually worsens to 69% by grade 10. And we know that grade three is a really important benchmark year. Th- those numbers aren't aren't good. They're not acceptable. Uh, and, and, and I'm not saying that to blame you, Dr. Rebecca no. Voishaw. You're in what year two of this? You're a relative newcomer. But these numbers are just not good enough to develop the workforce that we need in the region. And I think these numbers probably worsened through COVID. We know that math and English suffered enormously. How do we get these numbers back? How do we get proficiencies up above 20, 30% on these math and English numbers? These numbers aren't acceptable. You know, we, we, we are not on the governing board to be you know, making excuses for you know, having so many of our students not be proficient with basic math and, and, and reading. That's not what I'm here to do today. I think a lot of our bandwidth over the last couple of years, even before I came onto the governing board um, last year, has been focused on on COVID, has been focused on you know staffing shortages and and other issues. And we're going to spend some time on Tuesday's meeting. I encourage your listeners to to come and join us. We're going to be out of our first in-person meeting on Tuesday uh, at our governing board meeting Tuesday evening at Duffy. I encourage uh, your listeners to join us either in person or uh, on our live broadcast uh, and listen as we're going we're to be talking about our, our academic numbers uh, on Tuesday from what I understand from the agenda. And of course, agendas changes, so, so it might change, sure. but from what I understand, that's going to be a major focus of our agenda on Tuesday. Uh, we have a lot of work to do, and I hope that we can pivot as an organization to really start working on, on some of this. And some of it is you know, still figuring out the effects of COVID. We know there's a lot of mental health and a lot of psychosocial needs of our students and a lot of hurt. And a lot of, you know, we, we sit on our own, our own students and, and trying to figure out how our own kids are, are, are going to be successful, you know, in a post-COVID world. And we need to make sure there's resources in for social work and counseling because if their mental health needs, if, they're, if they don't feel safe and secure, they're not going to learn and grow. We also need to make sure we continue to support the positions that we've been able to support from ESSER. So the ESSER is the COVID relief money we have from the federal government, the three packages that passed, two in the, the Trump administration, one in the Biden administration. So we have all this money that came into our district, and a lot of that's being used for positions in our district to help with reading intervention, with math intervention, and all these other things, and as well as, as, as psychosocial and behavioral health services for our students. So we need to find ways to really manage our budget effectively so that we can keep these positions long-term you know, after the COVID money runs out in 2024, September, so that we can, this is a long-term process, so that we can continue having these interventions for the students that are falling behind. Uh, we know that there's so much there's so much growth and development that's needed. So we have positions in place. 
I know that my own school, my own home school where my daughter goes to fourth grade um, has a number of positions. I know the teachers who are her former teachers that are now in those positions. I know we have some great people at Lineweaver Elementary really helping support students that are falling behind on reading, writing, and, and math and other, other subject lines um, in that elementary school. And we need to continue working um, to figure out how we can maneuver and, and manage our budget effectively so that we can continue these positions, continue supporting our students, continue, and we'll talk about that in, in the next segment with 208, but continue supporting our teachers and having the best and brightest teachers in our classrooms. That is a priority for our district to succeed and get these numbers turned around. Yeah. We're with Dr. Roe Gervois-Shaw this morning. I, I mentioned to you, we're going to go to break on this because we went intentionally a little bit uh, a little bit over. You know, my family is pretty excited about the A-plus rated uh, TUSD school in our in our neighborhood that our daughter's going to get to go to um, in the fall. And we weighed private charter and neighborhood public schools, and, and we came to the decision that this TUSD school was the best fit for our daughter. There's some really great uh, academic programs that are happening um, in TUSD. Um, but you can chew gum and walk at the same time. You can say those are, are some good things happening, but these numbers are just... Um, are just uh, not great, and I think the focus has to be how do we how do we get those better, uh, which does lead Dr. Roy Gravois Shaw to our next conversation, which is Proposition 208, and uh, we'll talk about that on the other side. It was in the news; a court uh, struck it down for good. Uh, basically, it had been in the court since it was passed a number a couple of years ago. We'll talk about the impact of that locally and more on the other side. Matt, let's take let's go to uh, our first break of the hour. When we come back, one more segment with Dr. Ravi Grivoy Shaw talking Tucson Unified School District. We'll be right back. Ten thirty, the Voice, Tucson's trusted local news and talk. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. Hey, guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need. And in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. 
Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Hello, Tucson. Have you heard of local nonprofit Impact of Southern Arizona? where we are more than just a food bank, with a clothing bank, youth and senior programs, where we are moving people forward. Arizona Gives Day is coming up on April 5th and 6th, where you have the chance to support organizations like Impact. Learn more about Impact of Southern Arizona and our critical programs at www.impactsoaz.org. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for The Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona here live out of the Common Workspace studios with Dr. Ravi Gravoy-Shaw here this morning on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser talking Tucson Unified School District. He's a governing board member. Uh, lots to cover and just a few minutes to do it. Let's go to our phone lines. Matt has called in and is waiting. Matt, thanks for calling in this morning. You're live here with me and Ravi. Go ahead. Yes, uh, Doctor, I, first of all, congratulations on joining the board. Um, and Matt, thank you. Uh, you know, this is a tremendous responsibility, and you're following in the footsteps of some really great leaders uh, that Tucson has had um, serving on TUSD and also your current board. Um, you all are, you know, doing a yeoman's work, uh, and it's been just a horrible time for school districts all over the country. Um, you know, my big concern is also. Uh, you may or may not be aware, but, you know, going back to a few years back, uh, there was a real estate plan. Um, i I just be curious to encourage you to check and find out what's the status of the real estate plan. Um, did we offload all of the real estate? Um, are you going to have to consolidate uh, schools uh, because of the lower numbers? Mm. Um, and, I, and, and, and it follows into the other big uh thing that, you know, hairy thing that's uh, bogged down to uh, USD, which is, is, is the lawsuit and uh, what the ramifications ultimately of that are going to be, which is, again, another, you know, huge change um, with regards to TUSD and how they function. Um, but lastly, I'd just like to encourage you, uh, and I'd, I'd ask you, uh, do we have principles? Because I believe the principles are the key leaders for every school and really make the difference uh, on a daily and, and yearly basis. Um, what's the status mm -hmm. of your principals, and do they, do they feel that they have uh, the board's attention on it? 
Matt, thank you. Lots there, Doctor uh, Ravigavoy Shaw. We we may not get to two away, but those are some really good questions. Let's 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 go there. Absolutely, and thank you, Matt, and and, and thank you for your opening. It's it's definitely been an honor to serve these last what, 14, 15 months. Um, it's been, and I, I feel like giving back to the community is so important, and and hopefully making a difference and impact in a positive way for our community. And it's it's definitely been an honor to. To, to be part of this governing board um, and the amazing amazing board members that we have. You know, all five of us are parents, Zach, uh, on the governing board. That makes a huge difference because we see the effects of our decisions uh, on a daily basis as mm-hmm. when we talk to our own children who are all TUSD students. Uh, there were a number of um, different things you brought up, Matt. Um, you know, the last thing you brought up with the, were the principals, um, and that is that is a huge issue. You know, when I go to schools, I'm meeting with principals. Um, you know, I was able to go to... A number of schools in February, thanks to love of reading weeks and coming out to read to students, uh, and got tours from principals uh, and staff members, got to speak to principals, and really asked them, you know, how we can better support them as a governing board. Um, you know, the issues that they bring up is making sure we have substitutes in place. That comes up a lot uh, in our schools because there is a deficit of substitute teachers, and mm-hmm. especially in January when we had a lot of staff calling out because they were COVID positive or, or were sick uh, otherwise. Uh, we really struggled in our schools to keep uh, the staffing levels to where they need to be to keep our, our students uh, in classrooms. Um, making sure that you know, the, the principals, they are selfless in so many ways. They're, they're, they're always caring about the people around them and, their, and how their teachers and, and staff are supported. And so making sure that you know, we're doing what we can to, to keep our teachers and staff in our schools. And so you'll see a lot of the conversations that we have been having you know, with our COVID relief bonuses, with the, you know, the, the, um, the, the step increases and other things that we're negotiating with our teachers right now in terms of salaries and, and, and compensation, you know, is, is really important, you know, because the principals know unless they have their schools filled with the best and brightest that we're not going to succeed and they're not going to be successful. And so those are the conversations I'm mm-hmm. having with, my, with our principals here, you know, throughout the district. Um, the real estate plan was another thing. You know, we have great conversations uh, in executive session about you know, real estate um, and, and where we stand. And I've, I keep on coming back to what is our strategy in real estate? Um, you know, what are we trying to accomplish? You know, right now we're doing well financially as a district. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know we need to offload any of our, our real estate um, as, as numbers continue to increase, as, as uh, properties continue to appreciate. So, you know, I've been holding, you know, to try to keep properties in TUSD's hands for now. And then, you know, when we have to deal with it, we can as, a, as an organization and, and, and come up with a more strategy as opposed to a one-off, you know, who's interested in what property and on a one-off basis. So I think we need a better strategy in place to hold true to what the voters want in the district in terms of our real estate holdings and to have a better strategy financially and, and um, on the property level. Uh, Dr. Uh, Ravi Gavoy Shah with us. Uh, we have run out of time, but I'd love to have you back on sooner than later, Ravi, uh, to ask your perspective on the question I've been asking more people lately is, how much is enough school funding? In other words, what is that ideal number that we need to get to? And I think that's relevant with Prop 208, the law that would do a 3.5% tax surcharge on taxable annual income over 250 for single persons or 500,000 for married persons. The courts in Arizona finally said after a couple of years that's not going to fly in Arizona. 
that 3.5% surcharge is no longer going to be available as a, a funding uh, line item for, for public education. So let's have that conversation next time. We're, we're mere seconds away at this point. But one more time, Ravi, where can people go for the um, for the next USD meeting? Right. So we're at Duffy on uh, 5th and Rosemont okay. is where our meetings are located. And you can just Google TUSD Governing Board. You'll get to the website for the Governing Board. You'll see the exact time for the meeting start, your location, how to access it um, through our live stream. Um, so you can watch from home uh, at live or afterwards as well. And so please follow along. As it takes a, a village to really make sure and hold us accountable as a governing board and hold Absolutely. our schools accountable and make sure that we're supported. We need your support. Ravi, thanks for making time for us on Friday, and we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Have Thank a you, great Zach. weekend. Thank you. Tucson will be back to talk economic development in Pima County. Don't go anywhere. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Hey guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need, and in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. Live out of the Common Workspace Studios, you're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser here on AM 1030 KVY The Voice. Our Friday edition. Thanks for being with us. There's nothing more fun than talking in real time with real people about real issues. We get to do that on this thing we call live local radio. So thanks for doing it with us. And happy Bola Thai Friday is what we've dubbed it here on the show to all of our listeners. Ravi Grivois Shaw is a governing board member for the Tucson Unified School District. 
Uh, we spent the first half of the show with him talking about a variety of topics, and we still didn't get to everything we wanted to get to. But we are turning the page to a completely different topic the rest of the way this morning, a conversation I have been looking very much forward to for quite a while with Heath Vescovi Chiordi. He's the Director of Economic Development for Pima County, and we're going to talk economic development in Pima County the rest of the way. Heath, it's, uh, let's get you closer to the mic. It's good to see you. Happy Friday to you. You can squeeze on in there. Is that good? Sounds good. Cool. So I think well, we've had you on the show before. Yes. Uh, but it's been on the phone. Yeah. Because you were uh, working in the uh, the hinterlands of, I'm just kidding, Marana, <laughs> uh, Arizona. You are now right across the street, so we get to hang out together. But let's use that as a as a segue to who is Heath Viscovi Curity, what you've been doing in the community, and we'll get to uh, the Economic Development Department at Pima County. You just stepped into that role, so congratulations. Thank you. I think our community is better for it, uh, and looking forward to your fresh voice and fresh perspective on things. Uh, but how did you get here? Tell us about what Heath's been doing in Arizona. Yeah, uh, so I've been here ever since I, I came to college, you know, so I did my undergrad at the University of Arizona, did political science and Spanish, uh, took a year off, went back, got a master's in public administration, and then immediately thereafter, I had an internship with the town of Marana in the manager's office where I went in there, it was just about six months, and uh, you know, they basically said, hey, go out, find what you like within local government and, and do it well. Hmm. So eventually I, I stumbled upon economic development uh, with Kurt Woody, really took to it really quickly. Mm. Kurt was really great. I was going to say, Kurt's a great intro. Yeah, like absolutely. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, best way to have a trial by fire, Absolutely. So got in there, did a lot of a lot. Uh, still worked in the manager's office and moonlit in economic development and then eventually made the entire transition over officially. So yep. I was doing that for about five and a half, six years directly with Kurt. And then I moved back into the manager's office where I was the assistant to for about two years. Um, and in that position served under two different town managers. And then here I am in Pima County as the director of economic development. So it was a wonderful experience in Marana, a smaller government. You learn a lot because you get to take part in everything from engineering to airport to whatever, right? So, and that was actually one of my special assignments was running the Marana Regional right. Airport for about basically the last year that I was there. So, right. that's kind of where all the experience kind of jammed up into seven, eight years in Marana and really prepared me well for whatever the next step was. And that just happened to be Pima County. Amazing. You're an adjunct professor at the University of Arizona. Yes. What do you teach there? Uh, I teach PA 551, so that's in that's economic development for public officials. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Yes. Uh, and then the big statewide association of economic development here in Arizona, you're involved there. Yeah, I'm a member of that. I sit on a few committees, uh, chair one of them right now, and uh, am running for the board actually for oh, cool. this coming yeah this coming session as well. Wonderful. Uh, Heath, man, there's so many things I want to ask you about. I'm curious what we're going to uh, stumble into in our second segment. But tell us this. Well, what does the uh, Department of Economic Development do on the staff side for Pima County? I think a lot of the the uh, I think a lot of the air in the room is often taken up by the policy stuff mm -hmm. that is made by the electeds on the Pima County Board of Supervisors. Maybe not as much as known about what staff does and what your department leads. So what is the job 
uh, of Economic Development Department. Yeah, well, I, I will say the policy is of any elected body, right, whether it's the Board of Supervisors or a city council or town council, that is your, your framework of operation, right? So they create yeah. these policies and you as staff implement them. Uh, so that's what we do. So the department, the department itself is four people. Uh, we basically are responsible for attraction, retention, and expansion of industry within Pima County. Pima County is obviously a massive area, and it's comprised of a lot of different, you know, cities and towns like Marana, Oro Valley, Town of Salarita. Um, and so, what we try to do is work in a complementary fashion with what they do within their own enterprises, um, and then also represent, uh, you know, uh, unincorporated Pima County businesses as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have our own land assets, both in unincorporated and within the city of Tucson, actually. So we do a lot of marketing for attraction and for retention and expansion of businesses and companies in those areas as well. Uh, we're not heavy into incentives or anything like that. We do have a few tools in our toolbox, but we don't you know, rip those things out every, every time we have somebody come through. And effectively, what we are trying to do is diversify the economy, right? Mm. So if you have a diverse economy, you're more insulated from those, you know, the the slumps that we get and from recessions and things like that. So when you have multiple different industries present within your your organization, within your municipality, um, one of them can go away or it can slump and the other ones will be able to help maintain that level of economic prosperity that you've created. Mm-hmm. So we're not too lean. We're not too leaning heavily leaning on one individual industry. Right. You know, very, very important. Uh, give me the give me some of the high points of the three to five year Heath Viscovi Curity vision for the economic development department. Where do you want to see it go? Yeah. So I, I would eventually like to see it grow in size of staff. You know, uh, we have three people at a, at a very high level. It's myself, a deputy director and an assistant director. Um, and then we have a, a, an assistant within the office as well. So I'd love to see a specialist or something like that at some point very, uh, relatively soon. Uh, aside from that, I really, and we're working on this right now, is developing our, our economic development strategic plan. We have to update that so that we can continue to uh, apply for funds through the Economic Development Administration at the federal level. That is something I want to get more into as well. There are so many grant pro- uh, possibilities out there right now. Uh, and mm. because our department is so small, we haven't been able to take advantage of a lot of that. So I think we want to get into that a little bit more. Um, Aside from that, I really do want to focus on retention and expansion because Mm -hmm. existing companies in Pima County are very important and there's a whole ecosystem here that we should be looking at. Um, And we have looked at in the past. Now we just have a little bit more uh, person power in the office to kind of execute that. Um, And I think that that will kind of be the, the differentiator for us. So we'll continue to do attraction. We'll look at retention and expansion and see what we can do for smaller businesses as well. And just basically identify those points that make the most sense. Um, Workforce development is obviously a huge key for us too. We have a wonderful workforce development department at the at the county, um, and we work closely with PCC. So we like to make sure that we're talking to them all the time because if we're looking at an expansion or somebody's coming in and they're looking at our community, we have to say, do we have the workforce? And if we don't, can we train them to get them there? Um, and PCC and community workforce development are really, really good at doing that, creating programs on the fly. For sure. Yeah, we were just talking with Dr. Rovi Gravoy-Shaw from the TUST Governing Board. Uh, about 10th grade math and English proficiency. And I think it's scary in the region that 73% of TUSD students are minimally proficient. 
69% on the English side are minimally proficient. So something tells me that you're you're going to have a lot of <laughs> work to do on the workforce side. Before we before we go to break, um, Heath, I wanted to ask you, I've mentioned on the show before, and I'm an optimist. I think this region uh, has so many things going for it and so many good things going for it. But I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste listeners' time. I think we have to talk about the issues. And three data points that I've been concerned about uh, include that up until the end of last year, at least, the numbers may have ticked up. We had the worst COVID jobs recovery uh, of any of the seven major metros in Arizona that get measured. Um, our GDP was at 2008 recession levels, uh, and our business establishment growth is the worst in the 13 cities on the western part of the U.S. that we measure against. I mean, those are just the numbers, and they're numbers that probably don't make you very happy. Uh, what, what do we got to do to tick those tick those numbers up? We got to change direction a little bit. Yeah. So from my understanding, I think we're at uh, 85, 86 percent recovery at this particular point. Maybe like as of January numbers, I believe. Um, Which matches the U.S recovery yes but it trails massively behind arizona which killed it in terms that that's millennial jargon for did really well in recovery no the fcc (laughs) won't won't get me there um let let me rephrase that we're professionals on this show the arizona uh, uh recovered immensely well zoomed past the state, the U.S. average. Tucson just got to the U.S. average. Right. So the idea, I think, behind that is is seizing the opportunity. So there is a lot of opportunity right now, and we're looking at a lot of attraction prospects in certain areas of Pima County. Those things will help raise the median income and will definitely assist in that recovery. And they're in specific areas that we might not have seen a lot of activity before. So we'll see an uptick in those things. And we are seeing like tourism, as an example, is rebounding hard, right? And Pima County attractions mm-hmm. and tourism, Visit Tucson, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Discover Marana, Oro Valley, all those places are doing really, really well when it comes to that. Um, so the idea for us is to figure out which industries we are severely lacking in and how we can shore those things up. And to my understanding, one of those is kind of business support services, professional services like legal and accounting and, and things like mm-hmm. that. So if we can kind of connect that link to whatever possible extent, I think we can help those numbers get bolstered. But we have seen increasing in manufacturing, which is wonderful. Those are high-level, high-wage jobs, um, production-level jobs. There's a lot of opportunity there. So we have to find the balance, right? And even if we're at 85% right now, right, those numbers will improve, and they are steadily improving. So I'm waiting to see what the MAP dashboard comes out with a little bit later on and additional uh, employment numbers from the OEO from the state, and we can get a better idea about where we're heading and, and which areas we need to focus on. We're with Heath Viscovi Curity this morning. He's the new director of economic development for Pima County, and uh, I, I'm just personally excited about you being in the seat. And we've known each other for a number of years, and I think this is the right thing for the county. And I'm really excited that you're the guy, Heath. And uh, I have I have I have big hopes and big plans and big visions for what you and I know some of your team too. I think it's a great team. There's yeah. a lot of promise for the future. Uh, let's go to our final break of the hour. Our first break of this conversation. When we come back, we'll do part two of this conversation with Heath to close out this Friday edition of Tipping Point with me, your host, Zach Yenser, on AM 1030 KVUI The Voice. Don't go anywhere, Tucson. We're Tucson Station for local news and talk. 1030 The Voice. 
Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Casser Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Tucson, have you heard of local nonprofit Impact of Southern Arizona, where we are more than just a food bank with a clothing bank, youth and senior programs where we are moving people forward. Arizona Gives Day is coming up on April 5th and 6th, where you have the chance to support organizations like Impact. Learn more about Impact of Southern Arizona and our critical programs at www.impactsoaz.org. Located just two doors down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger opened just last fall and is serving up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. They're open Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson and mention you heard about them on Tipping Point for 15% off your next order. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. This is Bill Buckmaster coming up during the noon hour. State Senator J.D. Mesnard on 1030, Tucson's voice for trusted news talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona, part two of our conversation with my friend Heath Fiscovi Chiordi. Uh, the new director of economic development for Pima County. This is our introductory conversation, what I hope is the first of many, as we talk about how do we grow the economy in Pima County and, and I think achieve the possibilities that we see that we see here. You know, uh, Heath, I wanted to ask you this question. One of the things that I hear every time I have Dr. Michael Crow on or you know, folks from kind of north of the Gila River, 
They're talking about this thing called the New Economy Initiative, uh, which the border regions and the state legislature did together to fund our state universities specifically around the uh, basically economic clusters that they see as being strengths of the region. In Maricopa County, every other word is NEI, NEI, NEI. I don't hear it as much here in Pima County, but they, the state tells us that through the University of Arizona, mining, biosciences, health sciences, and aerospace and uh, space discovery, those are the things that we are just really, really good at. Uh, are we taking advantage of those strengths uh, enough? Could we be doing more, Heath? I think you can always do a little bit more, right? I, th I think continuing to identify opportunities makes the most sense for us. But currently what we are doing now, I think we are doing a lot, right? Um, from a Pima County perspective, you know, we have our aerospace research campus as an example, and that entire area was built out to facilitate the development of those exact types of industries, right? Is that where Worldview is? Yes, or okay. where Worldview and Raytheon are currently located. So, Got it. Um, you know, that is an amazing opportunity for us. There's a lot of perspective out there from, you know, industries and, and what they're looking at and where they're looking to come through. But, you know, you mentioned the New Economy Initiative, and, you know, myself being brand new, we also do have another brand new individual in our office, and that's Kelly Maslin, who formerly worked for mm -hmm. ASU. Um, and one of her focuses is going to be working yeah. with the University of Arizona through the Economic Development Department on that exact initiative. So she'll kind of be the conduit for our department awesome. in figuring out what those opportunities are and how we can leverage what our, our strength is as a county um, in, in exploring you know, the way that we can take advantage of that. So it's on our radar right now. I think uh, she and I started on the exact same day. Mm -hmm. It's been just under three months that we've been here. Uh, still getting our legs underneath us, but as soon as that stuff starts kicking off, Kelly's going to be in there 100% working working those things for us. Yeah, I can imagine it's been like drinking from a fire hydrant uh, for sure. Uh, what does economic development mean to you, Heath? Uh, I think for a while in Pima County, right, there was a definition that revolved around raising median wages, which I think is a very noble goal, and we should always be doing that. Uh, is that the complete definition of economic development in your mind? What does a developed economy in Pima, in Pima County look like to you? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's a textbook definition of economic development being, you know, a set of policies and programs put in place to diversify your economy, right? That sounds real great. Like, I literally just read that. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm in Professor right. Descovy Cordy's class yeah, right now. This is 551 <laughs> for you. Um, but no, I, I mean, what it is to me is it's balance and resilience and opportunity. I think the those three things really encompass what we need to do. So if we can strike a balance of the economy that, again, is not too reliant on one industry over another, that is ideal for us. Um, I think the idea of, of identifying those opportunities is very important, and not one individual can do that. It requires a community to do that and input and you know having networks and connections to not only other individuals in our community, but also those up in the Maricopa area, up in Phoenix and in Flagstaff and things like that. So looking to work more closely with our regional partners, our statewide partners, um, reaffirm some relationships and make sure that we have those connections, I think is very key. Um, and then also, you know, using the, the technical expertise that we have within this community to get there. So uh, leveraging investment appropriately, figuring out what the needs are specifically, and then tactfully going after those things so that we can shore up areas where we know we're deficient. Heath, we were the darling of site selectors during COVID. Uh, not cities like Tucson. Tucson was the place we got to go 
for a period of time for site selectors. And honestly, I'm not sure much happened um, out of that. And certainly during COVID, we saw massive relocations and investments in the Maricopa area. When when site selectors are looking are you know between Tucson and another place, when it comes down to two spots, we know the things Tucson's good at. I don't want to go there because we we know what draws people here. What are the two or three things that are hangups for site selectors that maybe your department can can work on bridging? Sure. So I will say any economic development prospect, it's a long game, right? So even if we had a ton of site selectors here over COVID, um, that doesn't mean that anything is going to pop immediately. That's just kind of not how it works, depending on how their capital is and all that kind of stuff. Um, for us, I think the qualitative aspect of Tucson is what drives, draws people here and keeps people here. So when we have a site selector coming in, it's making sure that the investments that all of us need to take advantage of are are active and, and being taken care of. And by that, I mean roads, uh, beautiful community, the things that make you look good and feel good and feel safe, right? So all of these things that I think everybody has been t- discussing recently are things that we need to get a handle on at some point. Whether economic development has a direct role in that, I can't say. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I would argue that you know when it comes to things like public safety and beautification and things like that, our tools are very minimal. Sure. However, expressing the needs and the wants of site selectors and other people that are expanding and the business community, that is something that we have our finger on the pulse of and that we can continue to communicate to those that are making policy and making those investments to ensure that mm. they're getting steered the right way. But is it things like, uh, do we have less open land to offer? Is it things like the regulatory process is shorter? I mean, th- those are things I feel like are within your department. Yeah. Are we on point with those things or is there work to do? No, we are. We actually have a lot of land assets to offer in this area. Pima County specifically, the city of Tucson does. I think if anything, we're deficient in spec buildings in a lot of mm-hmm. ways for office and things like that. Um, but those opportunities are coming up and we're trying to figure out how to take advantage of those. Um, there's a lot of spec building being built uh, up in Marana relatively soon. And so seeing those things happen means that we are now taking advantage of an economic climate where we can continue to capitalize on investment that is looking directly in the Tucson, the Pima County region. We're with Heath Fiscovi curity this morning, the Director of Economic Development for Pima County. Uh, just a quick follow-up on something you said maybe a question or two ago. The things that are out of your department's control, mm-hmm. you mentioned roads, safety, schools. What of those lists right now are the hang-up points for site selectors, right? Those qualitative things that they go, I'd love to, but I... What are those things? Yeah, um, well, I, I think roads, honestly, at this point is a very important thing. Um, and then, you know, you touched on the school element and that is a, a quantitative and qualitative element. Mm. Workforce is the number one thing that they're looking at when they look yep. to go somewhere, right? Yep. And there are various ways to take advantage of workforce, you know, whether or not it's coming to Tucson and drawing from the Phoenix area and helping with relocation from out of the state here, kind of like Caterpillar, um, or making sure that you're growing and training your own here. So understanding those subtleties, I think, is very important for who we're attracting and how we get them here. So we have to take, again, that balanced approach on the qualitative and Mm. the quantitative and say, technically, what can we provide and where can we influence people to help us get where we need to go? Right. Absolutely. No, it's it's interesting your perspective on these issues, Heath, because again, there's a there's a there's a portfolio of things you could directly control, like you said, with your department. But you've worked in cities and towns in Arizona. You understand how the entire picture and how the policymakers specifically sure. make your life easier or harder. Your job today here, and it will never be to speak for those folks, um, and I know that, 
Uh, but it's interesting to look at how the ecosystem works together and how everybody has to be kind of aligned uh, to work together. We've got out about a minute or less. Any, any final words, Heath? Any way that people can follow your work or connect yeah. with you offline? Yeah, absolutely. So I will summarize. I think in general, for all intents and purposes, the, the policies in this region you know, are good. They're beneficial for economic development. Again, we can always do more, and we should always be looking to reevaluate those things when it comes down to it. Um, aside from that, I mean, if you want to get into contact with me or you want to follow our work, soon we will have a new website at some point. We've refreshed our existing one. We will have some social media for individuals to follow as well. Great. Just kind of modernizing our communication methods to the community. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. And then, you know, I have a LinkedIn and I've got contact info that is publicly available. So if you need anything, you can always just ask me. Love it. Heath Viscovi Kiordi is the name on LinkedIn, Director of Economic Development for Pima County. Uh, I know it's been a busy week. Thanks for making time for us here on the show on Friday. And again, I hope this is the first of many conversations. So uh, Godspeed on your work, Heath, and thanks for being with us. I'll be back. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Tucson, and we'll be back on Monday. Of course, we'll be away for the weekend. Louis Christensen will be with us, curator of Tucson. Tomorrow on Twitter, he's our Monday morning news hour guest. Always a good time. Hugh Hewitt's up next. Bill Buckmaster at noon. Tucson, enjoy that beautiful outdoors this weekend, and we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening. Thank you.